Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also, you can find us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. That's every day, Monday through Friday now, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 8 on the West Coast. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you check it out for all of your free South Florida content. You don't go there and then all of a sudden you get hit by a paywall and have to decide, eh, do I want to spring for the three bucks a month? No, everything there is free. All of our articles, all of our columns, all of our podcasts, that includes Three Yards Per Carry, Five Rings Canes, and the others. You can also find all the old episodes of Five on the Floor by clicking through there. And our YouTube channel with several new shows, including 90 Minutes Strong on Soccer and Loaded Bases on Baseball. And you can also find all of our merchandise, our Tua shirts, our Heat shirts, our Five Reason shirts, and much, much more. We're going to be releasing a summer line here over the next couple of weeks. We're also introducing a bunch of new sponsors to the Five Reasons Sports Network. I can tell you this is the only sponsor where my co-hosts have been giving me a hard time because they want the beer. So today, after I picked up my daughter, I actually had to go out to Beer Bar to make sure that I dropped some beer with Alf because it's great beer. It's from Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official craft beer of Inter-Miami, the Miami Marlins, and yes, Five Reasons Sports Network. This is South Florida's actual independent Brewery. Biscayne Bay is, lo- is owned by local guys who employ people in this community, just like we do, to make their beer right here in South Florida. These guys are committed to the community and support Five Reasons Sports, so we at Five Reasons can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. If you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff. That's Marlins Lager, Miami Pale Ale, or the Tropical Bay IPA, which I stuffed in my cargo shorts yesterday. Yes, Alf, I was wearing cargo shorts. At all major retailers, throughout South Florida. It's the only beer that we're going to be drinking at Five Reasons Sports. This is an edict from now on. We drink no other beer. We just drink from Biscayne Bay Brewing. Check out the website, and they're going to have a location where when everything passes, hopefully at some point soon, we're going to start having those watch parties where, you know, we're on a little bit of a streak right now with the Miami Heat. All right, now today, today's episode um, is a special one, and we're going to let it run completely from beginning to end, and then we're going to update you on some stuff with the Miami Heat that happened on this Wednesday. But first, Mark Jones. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. And as mentioned earlier, we've got a special guest today on this episode. Of course, people in Miami know him, but people all over the country and also uh, very well known in the country above us as well. Mark Jones joins us today on Five on the Floor. And we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff with you, Mark. Um, Obviously, we're going to talk NBA. I got to throw in some hurricanes while we've got an opportunity because my co-host. Sure, sure. (laughs) My co-host here, Alphonse, is is a frustrated Canes fan. So we'll talk about that as well. But I just want to start here, and then I want to get into some background. But for people who just see you on ABC ESPN now and kind of forget some of the Miami ties, and obviously you live down here, can you talk about sort of your history with Miami? Yeah, you know, always loved the city and um, have spent most of my adult life down here, actually, um, after being born in Toronto, moved down here. my mom and dad always had a place down here um, going back to the eighties and uh, the mid eighties. And, um, you know, I had done some studio shows with ESPN when I first started out the NBA today show and, you know, right around like 95 or so decided, I I remember distinctly coming back uh, into Connecticut during a snowstorm and, couldn't get my car in the driveway in a foot of snow. And I said, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I that'll, moved to Miami. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It was it, man. And, uh, and moved down here full time uh, right around then, around 95, 96. And 
have uh, been here ever since and just love the city, man. I mean, it's, it's a great place to be. It's, it's diverse. It's got tremendous weather. Um, you know, the, the sports down here are great, despite what, you know, some of the reputation nationally might be in terms of uh, perceived, I say perceived apathy, um, you know, worked um, with the Miami Heat beginning in the late 90s uh, at um, uh, WAMI Channel 69 at the time, right down there on Lincoln Road, man. And um, that was some of the most fun time I've ever had in television just because, you know, we, we did the Heat pregame, postgame shows. And um, I was in the studio there doing that sometimes on side of the arena. And, like, I've never worked, guys, in a place like Miami where the studio was like a fishbowl down there. I don't know if you guys remember it. I do. It's a Starbucks now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was like a huge fishbowl. And, like, we would be getting ready for that nightly sportscast and see, like, athletes walk by because it's Miami, right? And – you know, we'd, we'd say, oh, shoot, there's Barry Sanders. Hey, Barry, you want to come inside and do a quick interview with us? Like, it was it was such a great uh, location uh, to have access to sports people because, you know, people were coming down here uh, to hang out and um, you would easily bump into people. And I had some of my f best, most famous gets just by guys walking through Lincoln Road and in and around South Beach. So. You know, um, my, my ties go pretty deep to the city going back to then and, and been here, you know, uh, just a little under 30 years. Consider myself a South Floridian. Um, it's been great to my wife and my kids. My kids were all, you know, they all grew up here and um, played high school basketball and uh, ran track and cross country. And uh, two of them are off to college. My last one's leaving South Florida and going out to San Jose State next year to play uh, on the women's basketball team on scholarships. So, man, this this, this city, I, I, I love what this city offers. I love, I love being a part of, uh, you know, Dayton-Broward County. Uh, I love being considered uh, part of this Looney Tunes world we have down here in, <laughs> in South Florida. And, uh, you know, it's part of the charm, man. It really is. And uh, there's no other place I'd rather be, to be honest with you. Well, to that point, you know, I, I feel like in the national media landscape, there are very few voices who kind of take up for this place. Like you mentioned it, there, there is a reputation here that the fans arrive late, that they don't care that much, that everybody's transient um, and all of that kind of stuff. I, I feel like there's like, I don't know, a handful of voices, um, Dan, uh, Jax, uh, Sedano now. Uh, but not, but not a lot <laughs> like right, you're on that right. you're on that list like I feel like there's a certain comfort like particularly when you have a, a heat game or or have a hurricanes game that like the local team is going to be treated fairly is that is that a fair thing to say Alf before yeah, yeah. and you know what and and <laughs> it, yeah. it definitely is, yeah. <laughs> and also, because when you when during the open and when you hear shout outs to Overtown and Carroll City and things and stuff like that, you know you're in for a good game that night. Yeah, man. I mean, like I I really try and put on for my city here, especially during heat and and hurricane games, because I kind of feel like you know you intimated it, uh, Ethan. Like nationally, guys don't really know about this place, like. They come down here, they'll go to, uh, you know, they'll go to Prime 112 or they'll go to a club and, you know, get, get crooked, get twisted for a night. And then, hey, that's Miami. That's their Miami experience. And they think, you know, everybody else, everyone that lives down here is from somewhere else. You know, I, I hear the crumbs of Miami crowds and I think about, you know, being a season ticket holder. Uh, for the Miami Heat. And, you know, I was an original season ticket holder going back to even when my, my mom and dad, I told you, had a place down here in the 80s. When the Heat first came into existence, I was like the third row up in the upper deck, just above the railing, and, 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 and knew some of the people there. And then when I moved 
to the new, when we moved to the new arena, American Airlines Arena, uh, right there, section 101, row 15, seats one and two, my wife and I had season tickets there for a long time. And we got to know every person in our section almost personally uh, to the point where they saw our kids grow up. So when I hear people talk about Miami fans, oh, they don't show up on time and they don't show up to games and they give their tickets away, that's garbage. It's garbage because I know for a fact that, you know, I, I know my neighbors uh, at, at the games and we speak with them and I've seen their family's kids grow up and it's a real, uh, it's much more communal and community than than the national media gives it credit for. And, you know, when I, when I do um, University of Miami Hurricane football games, it, it's, it's kind of funny to, you know, hear people talk about Miami guys and Miami this, Miami that. I want to tell them, man, you don't know Jack about Miami. You know, um, I, 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 I really enjoy talking about um, the background of some of these football players, especially – uh, when it comes to University of Miami, the the homebred ones in particular, uh, the guys that you know grew up in in Overtown or Liberty City, working at local car washes or going to Antioch Missionary Baptist Church on Sundays in in Carroll City. Uh, I'm at the barber shop a lot with these kids and and their parents and and their coaches, and I know them, so I enjoy telling those stories and I enjoy telling them accurately, and I feel personally invested in it from a media standpoint, to get the story right and not just make it your basic kind of stereotypical uh, story that you might hear spit out lazily by someone from the national media who's doing the game. Well, I can tell you, Mark, like you're super popular on Heat Twitter. Uh, I'm very involved in Heat Twitter, probably too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, if you're familiar with Heat Twitter, you know it's kind of a cesspool at times. But you're <laughs> You're one of the few guys that's actually universally loved, and we uh, we on Heat Twitter don't love a lot of people. Um, just can you, what about like your engagement on Twitter? How has that been with Heat fans, Canes fans? Um, because mo almost all of what I've seen is positive. Like social media wise, how are Heat? How do Heat fans, South Florida fans, treat you? They're great, man. They're great to me on the Heat side. You know, it's uh, I, I feel some of the love when when I've done a game or two and um, I'm able to, uh, you know, everyone says, we're here on South Beach at American Airlines Arena. No, we're not. We're at the Thank corner you. of 8th Street and Biscayne <laughs> Boulevard, bro. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, when the, the, the heat games are, so, are, are pretty bad, but when you say, when you see, yeah. when you get B-roll of South Beach during a Dolphins game. Arcades I, game, arcades game. game yeah, I just that. don't, I'll never understand that one. Yeah. Next, next, the Florida Panthers are going to be playing on South Beach. Why? Really, really? That's like 20 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> and people think it's right on the beach or right next door. I, I enjoy, um, you know, uh, vibing back and forth on, on heat Twitter. Um, you know, regardless of what some of the rest of the country thinks, I think heat basketball fans, listen, I've covered the league for almost 30 years. Heat basketball fans are as passionate as, as any of the basketball fans, uh, out there. If you look at some of the, the national media outlet, uh, ratings for TV during playoffs and NBA all-star games, and All-Star Weekends, the Miami market historically ranks amongst the top 10 guys. So that tells you that there's a, a passionate fan base down here. And I give credit and love to the Miami Heat, um, you know, nation out there for being not just Heat fans, but just great NBA fans in particular. And I, I love it that they, you know, we, we stick up for our own. I think it was interesting watching, uh, watching, uh, the um michael jordan the uh the the decision special the other day because it was what the 10-year anniversary of lebron coming down here today you know it was yeah. amazing to see the amount of national hate that lebron took i feel like we were the only ones down here in in dade county in broward county that that were happy about lebron and i wasn't even mad at lebron he he just changed the game man you know like he changed the game with what he did in coming to miami and you know, nothing else really mattered to me. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be the next place I was going to go. So, let, so let's go there because today is the 10-year anniversary as we're recording this 
uh, July 8th, 2010. I put a question up on Five Reasons Sports Twitter today. What were you doing when Miami made the world so mad? And, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that will be remembered. And, and what I wanted to ask you, Mark, was the other thing that I threw out there today is, you know, in the post-Jordan era, the, the Golden State Warriors had the best team, I believe. Uh, right. The San Antonio Spurs have had the most consistent, you know, greatness. Um, but the Miami Heat had Agreed. the most important team because, in my view, Mark, they were the first – super team and because the Celtics 2008 was pre-Twitter um, in terms of when everybody got on it. The, the, the Miami Heat, the big three Miami Heat, or as Udonis likes to call it, the big three and the little 12, those, te- <laughs> <laughs> those teams uh, changed, in my view, uh, not just basketball, but sports media, um, in some ways, society, when you think about the, the hoodies for, for Trayvon, you think about right. the Harlem Shake, uh, you think about all of the gates uh, that they had, whether it was Crygate or Bumpgate or any of those other things. To me, they're the most important NBA team post-Jordan. Would, would you agree with that? And do you think they'll ever get credit for that? Yeah, that, that's a great perspective and reference. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, uh, Ethan. When, when you think about every move they made, let me go back a little bit. When LeBron decided to come here, it was a seismic shift in not just the roster, because he was a one-man roster, but it, you know, teaming up with Dwayne and Chris Bosh, um, but the method in which he did it. I think a lot of the criticism that he received by going on television, by going on ESPN, by ESPN giving him the time to make the announcement. I don't understand where and why that criticism to this day, to this moment, as I speak to you guys, I didn't, I don't know where it came from. I don't think it was justified. If you knew that as ESPN, uh, a television network would get huge viewership, it turned out to be 10 million people by giving LeBron the airtime to make his announcement, why wouldn't you do that? So boom, that's a plus for ESPN. It's a plus for the viewer because we got a chance to see it. And it was a plus for LeBron because he got to make his announcement in front of the country and donate a couple of million dollars to the Boys and Girls Club of America in the process. So anybody who criticized that to me, um, you know, I, th- I think is telling on themselves a little bit in terms of uh, maybe a little too much of a traditionalist. Uh, perhaps there was a um, an old boys network mm-hmm. that was upset that didn't like it, um, and they just had to deal with it. It was, I think, it was amazing for me to see an athlete of that magnitude flex his agency and his power and. That really did, as you said, Ethan, that changed the way that business was forever done in the NBA right up to this moment where we've seen other players do the same thing. We've seen Durant do that with Golden State. We've seen and him jump teams. We've seen, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard tell uh, management with the Clippers this past summer, hey, I like your squad, but you need to go get Paul George and we can make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, yeah, it was a, a paradigm shift in the way of doing business, player empowerment in the NBA, and LeBron um, really flexing his muscles. And that, that team was so much fun, man. I think about, you mentioned the video, the Harlem Shake. You think about the social statements they make. And to me, uh, that's really where LeBron, you know, um, and the convergence with the Miami Heat organization he took advantage of Miami Heat culture and really took that blueprint and made it what it is right now. And, you know, to do what he did in terms of social justice, uh, he really found his voice down here in Miami uh, alongside Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And to win two championships, go to the finals four straight years down here. Um, it will go down as one of the, I think, top five basketball eras in NBA history, that 2010 to 2014. 
We're definitely going to transition with you um, here to social justice. And, and I want to talk about that as the NBA enters the bubble. But the, the one thing I wanted to follow with you on, because I do agree with you that a lot of it was an old boys network that was resistant to player empowerment. I, I think that was 90% of it. I also think the other 10% was what we talked about early in, in this episode, which is that I just don't think a lot of people around the country like Miami. I, I think that, that there was a, a jealousy of Miami in general that's, that still exists. But I also think, and you occupy a little bit of this space because you work for, for ESPN, which obviously uh, you know, is based in the Northeast and New England. Sure. And, sure. And, and also now has kind of moved a lot of its NBA resources out to Los Angeles. And Miami kind of has always, in my view, like ESPN has sort of viewed it as like a foreign country. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's this it's this Yankee Red Sox bias that exists uh, and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, yeah, they play like forty times a year, don't they? Every game on ESPN. Every game on ESPN, right? <laughs> well, Every Ethan, it's not just ESPN. It's the rest of the country views Miami as a foreign country. So yeah. I think that plays a little bit into it. And like you're saying with traditionalists, if if he went to New York, there wouldn't be, I mean, there'd be 75% less vitriol. Yeah. Or if he went to Chicago, a more, uh, a more traditional, quote-unquote, NBA city, and not, you know, uh, as Lebertard calls it, the Banana Republic of Miami. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, um, I, I think it definitely had something to do with the desired destination for LeBron. And, uh, you know, listen, we've, like I said, we've got – We've got sun, we've got beach. There is a national perception of Miami. I always tell my coworkers when they come down here, you know, like I had a college football, I had two college football games here this year and I brought Dusty Dvorak and uh, Olivia Decker, our analyst and sideline reporter and our producer director. I had the whole crew over at my house here uh, for dinner up here in Weston. And I'm like, hey guys, isn't it cool to see that like, see that school over there? Like we have schools here. <laughs> we have like <laughs> neighborhoods here. <laughs> we have parks here. It's not just a whole bunch of nightclubs and, re and, and, you know, uh, um, uh, glitz and glamor down here in South Florida. So yeah, that's, that's part of it. It's part of the national reception. Nobody sees us living like squares out here in the suburbs. So that's, that's always going to be part of the, the, the issue with Miami that we're perceived in a, in a certain light. And uh, yeah, I, don't, I think if he went to New York or Chicago or if LeBron had gone any of those other places, it would have been different. It really would. But I, I love the fact, you know what, I, guys, I love the fact that Miami sports fans and especially, you know, Heat, Heat fans in general, I think we have just, just a little bit of a chip on our shoulder that keeps everybody else honest, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of the Heat right now, we're, we're talking about the past, and we love to reminisce on those big three years. But it, the Heat have a pretty good team right now uh, with Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, and a lot of these young guys, undrafted guys, unheralded guys. Um, and, you know, I feel like Heat fans down here feel really, really good going into this, you know, truncated playoff situation. Um, and I know nationally uh, the Heat aren't getting as much respect, and which is nothing new. I mean – they're positioned below the 76ers in ESPN's power rankings when the Sixers are a sixth seed and were, you know, basically a mess most of the season. How do you feel about the Heat's chances in this golf uh, going in? And, you know, wh where do you see their ceiling uh, this season? Well, you know, they're 41 and 24 going into the bubble. Um, you know, they're games back of the Celtics in the loss column two games ahead of the Pacers and the Sixers in the uh, loss column. Uh, I think it might be a little unrealistic at this point for them in the eight regular season games that are left to play and them having the most difficult schedule in the bubble, which really uh, works to their detriment because they had one of the easiest schedules uh, prior to going into the bubble down the stretch. Um, I don't think they're going to catch Toronto, but they have a decent shot at catching Boston. Here's my take on Miami. I think because of all the you're, – you're going to see soft tissue injuries. Um, you're going to see guys still trying to struggle and get their rhythm. I think the fact that Miami 
historically is one of the best conditioned teams, one of the hardest working teams, part of the Heat culture. I think that they have tremendous depth. That depth is going to pay off for them uh, coming into the Orlando situation. And, you know, when, when you've got great shooting, um, when you've got a good defensive culture like they do, they're still top 10 in defensive efficiency. Uh, you're always going to have a chance. I think there's nothing but upside for Miami because uh, even though they're 41 and 24 going in, the one guy that I haven't mentioned yet, Jimmy Butler, still hasn't played his best basketball in terms of shooting and scoring. Um, and I know he spent a lot of time out in San Diego during the break, uh, during the last three and a half months. Uh, I know he's been getting great work in with his personal trainer, uh, his skills trainer, Stan Remy. Um, so Jimmy should be ready to go. He hasn't shot well uh, on three-point shooting so far this year. I think he's in the, in the mid to low 20s. But that can only get better. And I think as his ceiling, as he gets closer to his ceiling, uh, Miami's game will raise up that much more too. So that's, I think Miami's got a, as good a shot as anybody coming out of the Eastern Conference. You know, Milwaukee is the dominant team in the East, but uh, at 53 and 12, but they lose uh, a tremendous home court advantage uh, because we're all neutral court games now. And, um, you know, Giannis is still the best player, I think, in the Eastern Conference, second best player in the game. But uh, I think Miami overall, you know, Miami's beaten them twice so far this year. They're 2-0 and against um, Milwaukee. So the Heat are as good as anybody right now going in. See, I think I agree with much of what you're saying, and, and a lot of it we've talked about it on the pod. You talk about depth. You talk about, you know, the word that I know Alf wants me to use more, culture. Uh, you, you talk about uh, the, the mix that they have of experience. Mark agrees with me on the culture thing. Yeah, so. I know. I, I, I agree they have a culture. I just didn't like it as a catchphrase. I, I, that's, I, I know Heat fans are all over me about that. But to me, culture, I, I'll say it again real quick, okay? To me, culture matters when you have Jimmy Butler's and Bam Adebayo's. It doesn't matter as much when you're, you have Rodney Magruder. That, that's all I'm saying, okay? That, and I think you and I agree on that. But Yeah, you need a star piece to put in there. You're right. right. I would agree. I, yeah, I mean, culture can get guys to a certain point, okay? But it, it's it to me, it was invented by the organization because they didn't have stars anymore, so they were trying to create a new identity. Now it matters, in my view. But they they have a mix, uh, to me, if you look at the rosters in the Eastern Conference, they have the best mix of vets and young legs. And, and, I, and I think both are going to matter. The, the young legs, you know, as you know, Mark, NBA players always talk about the veteran guys, the guys in their 30s say it usually takes them about a month into the season before they really feel right. Like they use that, that usually November is kind of getting, it's like an additional training camp for them. And so I think the young guys are going to get up to speed quicker and the Heat have, you know, six players, 26 or under in the rotation, but they also have Udonis Haslam, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic and Andrea Guadala. Um, who I think are, are sort of the perfect blend of mentors who like each other, which is the other thing. So, so I think they have a really good mix for this. I, one more before we get into the NBA at large. Um, sure. Your interactions with Eric Holstra through the years and, and in this situation as a coach where you have guys who some are going to come back in great shape, some even though you worked with them on Zoom and all that are not going to come back as good shape. And he also has 11 or 12 players to work with. How do you think Spo navigates this? You know what I think? You know, we were just talking about the culture a little bit. He's got a little bit of a, a head start and some help via that. Um, you know, I, I, I just have a – I had a conversation with Mike D'Antoni uh, about six weeks ago, and he said something very insightful. He said, Mark, the guys that get their work in during the year and are in great shape, you'll never have to worry about them during this pandemic being in shape and staying in shape. The guys that you normally would worry about getting to work in and staying in shape during the year are the guys that you still have to worry about now during the pandemic. So um, I, I think that's the kind of, kind of global approach that, that Spolstra is probably using to navigate this. I think that, you know, Miami's got their guys, they've got 
you know, Bill Ferran and his son and on the athletic training staff that are making sure that guys get their work in. Uh, I, I think the mere fact that you're part of the organization gives you uh, save big money now on new siding from LP smart side at Menards update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Um, a measure of expectation already. I don't think that anyone's going to come back in what you would call bad shape. I think there might be rust. Um, but I think otherwise, you know, guys have been getting their work in before they close the practice facility. That That's a tricky deal um, in terms of expecting everyone to come back and, and be ready right away. I think there's a, there's a difference between having your cardio, uh, having not run 17s for a while and suicides, and having that component versus being ready skill-wise. And I think when they get up to Orlando and go through their paces and get in their um, their scrimmages, their three scrimmages against uh, uh, opposing teams, uh, I think they'll come out on the positive side of things. All right, so we're talking – now we're getting into the Orlando and what's going on with Orlando and the bubble. And as a resident of South Florida, you know that uh, <laughs> we're not doing the best when it comes to COVID-19 and the coronavirus, <laughs> uh, to, to say the very least. How do you, we, we're seeing more and more guys, um, Ethan reported uh, this morning or yesterday that DJJ has cleared uh, protocols and he's back with the team, but we know there have been other positive tests at the Miami Heat. There's positive tests all over the league. Do you feel that it's responsible for the, for the league to go forward? And I mean, are you going to be in Orlando? Do you feel safe? You know, this, yeah. is, is, this the, is this the right thing to do at the right time? Man, here, here's the thing. Guys, will someone please teach our governor to put a mask on? <laughs> I've seen that same clip on the news like 84 times of him struggling to put the mask on. Like, Ron DeSantis, let me show you how to put a mask on. Mark, I'm surprised um, he can get dressed in the morning. So, I mean, isn't, isn't that symbolic <laughs> of our current political situation? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, the clip, I, I put this on the other day. I mean, the clip of him, like, spreading his arms out, you know, how you like me now to the media, was exactly the same expression that Trey Young had before the Heat went on a 22 nothing run uh, yeah, against yeah. the Hawks earlier this season. <laughs> COVID's got on a bigger run than the, than the Heat did, though. Um, oh man! Oh yeah! yeah. It, yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's rough. But but to Alf's point, like I mean, I think you know, there's this debate, and we, we do want to get into the social justice issues with you because sure. you know we've we've really struggled on on five on the floor to talk about basketball for a while because you know it, it feels at times it feels like the right thing to do and do when people need a diversion. And I understand where right. Adam Silver is coming from there. At the same time, we know this is mostly about money. And, and, it, and, you know, it was one thing when you were dealing with COVID and trying to do that responsibly. But then, of course, you have a league uh, which is predominantly black and you have all these issues going on in the country. And it, it did make I mean, Alf, I mean, you said it. You, you were times you didn't want to do this, you know, wouldn't want to do five on the floor because it doesn't feel right. right. I mean, for you in your situation, I mean, how how do you process all of that? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be in Orlando. Um, I trust the NBA and their health and safety protocols, because unlike uh, the leaders in our state, in particular our governor, I know that the NBA believes in science, they believe in data, and truthful data, and I trust them with me being up there, and all of the athletes that from the 22 teams and their staff, that they're going through protocols, they're going to keep everybody as safe as you can. They recently did something similar, guys, in the German Basketball League. They had fewer players, only about 250 players, but they were able to finish off their regular season in a similar type bubble circumstance, and they didn't have anything go sideways. So, um, you know, hopefully we have the same result 
with the NBA season in Disney, despite the fact that the COVID numbers are, are going through the roof. Um, you know, they've divided things up into different tiers in terms of access. Um, you know, tier one will be people that are pretty much on lockdown. Tier two are people that can be there but don't have direct contact with athletes and coaches and can't be on the floor and can come and go as they like but still uh, are going to be subjected to uh, testing. I mean, come on, guys. They got. Did you see those magic rings that they're wearing to predict <laughs> temperature changes? I mean, My daughter wants one, Mark. Yeah, I she, know. Disney, she, she they got all those gifts. Those cool gimmicks, man. You know, she thinks it's gonna make Elsa appear. Like she, I, I, I showed it to her. <laughs> it looked like from from one of those Frozen uh, movies. But yep. no, seriously, I, I I know that a lot of this is financially motivated. And when I think about all that's going on in the world, um, you know, I understand why there was a movement amongst a significant portion of the players not to play. I, I get it. I don't think there's a wrong answer or a right answer. I think if you don't feel like playing, that's, that's cool. If you do feel, feel like playing, that's cool too. And I, I love the fact that the NBA is such a forward thinking and inclusive, inclusive league that Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts got their heads together with players association and, and they're going to be able to make their statements about social justice in a league that is, you know, what, 72, 75% uh, black. And it's something that needs to be said. And I, I don't understand, you know, people who say, oh, why are you talking about Black Lives Matter? You're being divisive. I'm like, are you crazy? There's nothing divisive about black players and black people wanting police not to brutalize them. There's nothing political about that. That is a human issue, not a political issue. And I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to you guys with that. I just, I don't get people. And you know, for viewers that, I heard Michelle Roberts say this, the president of the Players Association, for viewers that are gonna tune out because they feel like they're being beat over the head with statements about Black Lives Matter or social justice, Goodbye. Don't 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 need you. I guess you know. If if you object to equality that much, you're telling on yourselves. I mean, we I mean, we deal with that as a network. Believe me, Ethan has his views uh, that he's not shy about on Twitter. And yeah. We have to. I mean, we tell people bye all the time. Um, I'm. Yeah. I have another podcast that's uh, more more pop culture politics. Um, we've, we've done live stream shows about these issues on the five reasons feed. Um, and you know, people object, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to hear the truth sometimes. Right. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's the most, the most important thing. So I, and you kind of got into already kind of what I wanted to talk to you about where, uh, you have the player, you have players from both sides of the issue where some are saying that, you know, it's not responsible to play at a time like this. And then you have other players that say, I want to use my platform. Um, wh where do you side uh, on that issue? Or is there even a side to take? Because that's kind of my take on it. There is no side. You know, every, yeah. every one of these young men should have the opportunity to express themselves the way they see fit. And they shouldn't be judged either way. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think um, there's no wrong answer. Um, sometimes... I'm, you know, sometimes you may wake up in the morning and say, man, I'd love to go to that protest or I'd love to sit in on that, um, you know, Broward or Dade County Commission meeting and let my voice be heard on defunding the police by a million dollars and make sure that that million dollars goes towards affordable housing downtown in Liberty City or Overtown or in East Hollywood. Um, that where it would require presence. And that's where a certain player in the league may not want to play because he wants to be present to see about the change. Um, or you may want to be on television and do your interviews with your media when you're in Orlando 
and talk about what you plan on doing for social justice and to make changes for the better in this country. So uh, both ways are effective. Um, selfishly, as a basketball player, uh, I mean, as a basketball fan, I would love to see everyone there in uniform playing, but I know that's not realistic and I'm not gonna frown on anybody or discredit anybody or disparage anybody if they choose to do it another way. So that's, that's where I am on this. And, you know, just one other thing too, guys, when you, you know, I, 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 I take heat as a black sportscaster, as a black play-by-play announcer um, all the time, you know, there's, I'll use the word, there's racists out there that, that hit me up on Twitter. And I can remember specifically doing a, it wasn't an NBA game, but it was um, uh, LSU, Notre Dame, uh, Music City Bowl game a few years ago, Rod Gilmore and I, and we were talking about um, the fact that, you know, we had uh, two starting African-American quarterbacks and, <laughs> you know, LSU ended up coming back to win the game or Notre Dame came back to win the game. And I checked some of my mentions after and I received one of the most vile racist tweets I ever had in my life. I, I only have to laugh at it now because, you know, the, the saying is, what doesn't kill you just makes you blacker, right? <laughs> so, so the tweet was like, I should have figured that with two N quarterbacks and two N announcers in the booth that my team would lose LSU. And it was, you know, just stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes disheartening. Um, I, I, must, I think I've blocked over a thousand racists on my timeline over the last month. Again, let me give you another example of how it comes up with me and how uh, issues which some people think are political really aren't. We were doing, a, uh, I was doing a, an Ole Miss football game and I talked about the fact that, you know, Ole Miss had a history of, you know, the integration history down there. I talked about how um, in the state, it was hard for black players and integration of football in the SEC. And, you know, again, on social media afterwards, a lot of criticism. But if you're telling real stories about athletes and as it impacts African-American athletes, you're going to talk about race. And people get when people get defensive about that, I just don't understand uh, why they get so mean-spirited. But then I guess... It's a rhetorical question. They're telling the on themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. When they, they tell you to stick to sports because they don't, like I said, the truth hurts. Yeah, it so, does. It really does. They, really they want does. you to stick to sports because they want their escape, but they don't understand that for the players involved, um, the history of sports, race is completely intertwined into everything that we do. And we're just yeah. talking about sports here. We're not talking even talking about society as a whole. So yeah. for, for any of us to act like this stuff is not, affecting what's happening on the field or has affected in the past right. and ignore those that's those stories and those histories and that history is is basically it's just intellectually dishonest and we're just we're doing a disservice to the people who are listening and the people that are watching what we do listen guys if if i had a milwaukee bucks game earlier this year it was in the wake of sterling brown um turning down the four hundred thousand dollar settlement quote unquote that the Milwaukee police department had offered him after they brutalized him for illegal parking in the middle of the night at a Walgreens or a drugstore. He was going to going inside to pick some things up and they tased him. They had their foot on his um, ankle and they brutalized him and he turned down their offer. He's suing them. He's taking them to court. I talked about that during the Milwaukee Bucks game that I did. There's nothing political about that. Sterling Brown is part of that Milwaukee Bucks team. He's part of the rotation. For me to not mention that during the game is journalistic malpractice. Yep. It's not political. It's news. And it if impacts. He fell, if he fell down the impacts, stairs and got injured, yeah, <laughs> you talk yeah, about it. Yeah. It impacted the Milwaukee Bucks, I know it impacted the guys in the locker room because they're talking about it. And 
And you bet that it was something of a big deal inside the walls of that locker room. So yeah, it's, it's a story. It's not political. Yeah. And I think as, as Alf says, what I found is whenever somebody tells me stick to sports, I, I only have one automatic block on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean, that, that's, you too? Yeah. That, no, that's it. it. It's an automatic yeah. block because it, it 99.9% of the time when somebody tells me stick to sports, I'll flip over to first thing. A lot of times it's people with no followers or they're bots, but when right. they're not, and I go over to their, their timeline, the stuff that they're tweeting out, uh, they're not sticking to sports. I mean, no, I, I don't know no. what they do in their day jobs, but they're entitled to give their opinions and their opinions are always on one side. And so I, I know why it is that somebody's telling me to stick to sports because they don't want to have a conversation on a particular topic because as you say, you guys say, it tell, they tell on themselves and, yep. and they don't want to be challenged because people who, particularly people who have a racial bias, they don't, the worst thing in the world to tell them is they have a racial bias. They don't, yeah. they don't want, they don't want to uh, acknowledge that. And so I've felt as a network that although I know we're going to anger some people, um, uh, we're going to try to tell what we believe to be the truth. It doesn't mean that we don't have divergent views inside the network, but, sure. I, I, but, but there are certain things to me that are moral. They're not, it, it, they're not, <clears throat> they're not political and I think some of what you guys are addressing. I want to get back to one basketball thing. You've been really generous with your time, Mark. Yeah. Um, but, but the other question about all of this, when you're talking about COVID, you're talking about social justice, you're talking about a bubble, players being away for three months potentially from their families, all these things that are going on, the question has been raised, uh, should there be an asterisk on whoever wins this thing if it gets to the end? What is your perspective on that? I think it's going to be a different season. But because of the degree of difficulty, because of the sacrifice, uh, I think it would be disingenuous to put an asterisk beside it. People will know historically that it was a, it was an abbrevi not abbreviated, but a different season, a unique season. But I don't, I wouldn't want to discount a team winning the championship because of the personal sacrifice that it takes to do it. It's you heard Giannis say it the other day. I don't know if he, he said winning this championship is going to be the hardest thing that they'll ever do if they, if they get it done because of the circumstances, guys won't get to see their families until after the first round of the playoffs. Um, uh, I think when you hear the NBA players association talk about mental health being one of the key issues during this next stretch that really is a euphemism for it's going to be hard on these guys between the ears as it is, as much as it is physically, you know, missing their families and such. And um, because of all that it's going to take, I, I don't think that you put an asterisk beside it. I, I think, um, you know, you know, we had strike shortened seasons, you know, champions are champions. Everyone's given the quote unquote fair opportunity to do the same thing. So, you know, outside of a couple tweaks in the schedule, um, I don't think it would be fair to sit, to look at a champion and say, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. So when we have that next parade on Biscayne, I don't want to hear about it from anybody <laughs> up at ESPN. I, Just make sure everyone wears their mask. The, the, there, will, <laughs> right, there will only be an asterisk. There will only be an asterisk if the Heat win the title. Then there's going to yeah. be an, an, exactly. an eternal yeah. asterisk. And then, you know, we can have Ron DeSantis spreading his arms out saying, how you like me now? <laughs> Uh, 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 on the lead, on the lead float, um, and, and, and anybody else who's run into a Walmart refusing to wear their mask. Mark, uh, Mark, we appreciate uh, it. it. It's funny as we were closing this episode, I decided real quick to just to check my Twitter DMs, and I, it's not a good thing. And I checked it, and uh -oh. it's why haven't you spoken out about Deshaun Jackson yet? I'm like, okay, I, 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 I didn't know now that that's my role, um, but, but. But 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 I, I don't uh, agree. I don't agree with Deshaun Jackson. If anybody needs to know, all right. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Mark. I, and I would I would second that too. I don't agree with it either. Yeah, well, not, I, not I one bit. I would just say never quote Hitler. It just does not go well. <laughs> it does no, well. no. It just no. it's just a rule I have. Personally. Always check your source, man, or write it yourself. <laughs> you know? Say it in your own words if you're not sure. You know, that we, was we, a bad miss. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was a bad miss. I will say that if I have to say it publicly, I hold a press conference outside my condo. I'll do that. Um, Mark Jones, ESPN on Twitter. Only send him nice things so he doesn't have to block you. Mark, we really appreciate the time. <laughs> Guys, it was my pleasure. Let's do it again soon, okay?
Absolutely. Be safe. From inside there. the bubble, maybe. From inside well, the bubble. From inside, inside. I, I'm doing tier two. I'm doing so I'll be up there, but I'm not gonna I, I can't stay there for as long. So I'm gonna I, I, I will run into you, but I'll just wave from behind a mask. That's, uh, that's <laughs> okay, I'll but I'll, and I'll Ethan, I'll see if I can get a magic ring for your daughter. For your oh, princess, I appreciate okay? that. Yeah. Make, <laughs> okay, make, yeah. make Elsa appear. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. See you later. Okay, I want to thank Mark Jones for joining us. Really enjoyed that. Again, follow him at Mark Jones ESPN. We got a little bit more for you on this episode. We're going to get into some of the things that happened related to the Miami Heat today. But before we do, I want to tell you about not just a sponsor we have, but this incredible promotion that we've got going on. And this involves not just Five on the Floor, but also two of the other properties of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Three Yards Per Carry on the Dolphins and NFL, and also Five Rings Canes, hosted by Alex Dono and Larry Bluestein and Josh Darrow on the Miami Hurricanes and college football. And this one is tied to You Break, Wheel Fix. You've heard a lot about them here on Five on the Floor. It's located just south of Aventura in North Miami, and they got 15 years' experience in wheel repair and refinishing, repairing cracked, bent, curved, and damaged wheels, and also refinishing and powder coating back to factory specifications, along with over 5,000 available custom colors, including uh, vice colors. But one of the reasons I want to tell you about this is we've got this deal going on, and you break wheel fix. Mark is offering a $600 value of free powder coating on a f- set of four wheels. Now, it doesn't include the standard finishes and the custom colors are not included in this particular giveaway, but still, it's a $600 value. And here's what you need to do. I'm going to give you the first name of a Heat player today. Actually, Alex is going to give it. He's just going to give you the name, first name of a Heat player in a second. On three yards per carry and on five rings canes, they've already done this. They've given the first names of a Hurricane and the first name of a Dolphin player. When you have all three, which means you got to listen to the last episode of Five Rings Canes, you got to listen to the last episode of Three Yards Per Carry, and then you got this episode. When you have all three, send them to the at Five Reasons Sports account on Twitter, and you're going to get this $600 value. Okay? Alex, give me a first name of a Heat player Duncan. Duncan. All right. So that is our submission. There's one from the Hurricanes. And there's one, I knew you were going to pick that one. I don't know why. Uh, there's one for the, there's one for, I was wondering if you could pick Edris uh, for, for uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, but no, we're going with Duncan, and you didn't go with his middle name either, which uh, look up his middle name. Um, we got one from the Hurricanes. We got one from, th- from three yards per carry in the Dolphins. So listen to the last episodes from those pods. But the name here is Duncan. And now what? let's get this. His what middle name is McBird? McBride? You didn't know that? Hold on, hold on. McBride. McBride. It's like oh it's like the God. whitest possible middle name you could find, and yet his that, nickname no, hold is on. Debo. That at least like there's some white names that are kind of corny. No, McBride is is it's just straight up cool, and and to have it as your middle name, like that's awesome. McBride. Wow, just from that, I would have told you this guy would have been one of the greatest shooters in the history. <laughs> All right, let's get to the Heat news here real quick. Uh, first thing I'm going to cover real quick, the Heat went up to Orlando um, this afternoon around 4.30. Some of the players, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk, signaled this on their social media platforms. The Heat sent out some photos of some of the players getting on board. I'm going to let you look them up. The reason I'm going to do that is I don't want to play this guessing game about the two players who were not on the trip. I reported the day before that Derek Jones Jr. was making the trip. He did make the trip. But the two players who tested positive for COVID-19 that I have not revealed, I think others kind of took my lead, didn't reveal them either. I'm not going to accidentally reveal them by telling you everybody that the Heat put in photos because they got dangerously close to eliminating pretty much everybody but two players on the team. So you guys can find out. Whoever wants to report that can report that. But real quick here, Alex, let's get to the other news of the day. We, we did a, po- a podcast, an episode on Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal, and Donovan Mitchell, but that's before there was actual news. What was the news today related to Oladipo? Well, I don't know about news today, but there's been a lot of talk recently Coming from Pacers media, uh, they seem a little bit shaky at the moment. And David Ramil said on the Heat Beat podcast a year ago, I believe, that uh, he feels positive that the you know the Pacers are feeling kind of weird about their relationship with Oladipo, and that they're that he he said on the podcast that they were worried about the Miami Heat and him wanting to go over there. So I'm sure if 
if they have that on their head, I'm sure it's not for nothing, Ethan. But what I will say is that recently, you know, there's been Pacers media kind of saying, you know, read between the lines. There's stuff going on with the extension. There was reportedly an $80 million uh, four-year extension offered, and that was the end of that. He probably thought he deserved more as their best player. And, yeah, there, there's a few guys, a few uh, different reporters there kind of, you know, hinting at something. I don't, I don't know what that could be. Well, I'll tell you this. I've, I've known Jay Michael a long time. He covered the Wizards for a while. Um, he's not uh, the kind of guy to just throw bombs out there for attention. So he does know something. And I think the key difference here between Oladipo and Beal, other than their contract situations, uh, is that the reporters who cover the Wizards, like Candace Buckner, who I've had on five on the floor, have been very confident all along that Bradley Beal wanted to stay in Washington. That confidence is not coming from the reporters in Indiana. Oh, that's true. That's a great point, honestly. It, it, very, very, very different, right? And, and I will tell you from having been a beat writer for a long time, the beat writers know. They know. Um, they talk to people around the star because the star player is, when you're a beat guy, the star player or a beat woman, as, uh, as Candace is, the star player is your primary responsibility, <laughs> Okay. And you have to know not just the player, but you got to know everyone around them, their agent, their marketing people, their trainers, um, their business associates, everyone. And so, I mean, you die. I mean, I covered Dwayne Wade. I knew everyone around him, LeBron, everyone around him, Chris Bosh started to get to know everyone around him. You have to do that. And so you get, when you get a vibe, it's more than a vibe. Usually when reporters are saying something, they know more than they're saying because they don't want to give away certain sources close to the player. So Jay Michael, someone who's very careful about this stuff is insinuating that Oladipo may not want to be in Indiana. And you already have David, David Ramil and others who've said this. I believe it. And so the only question becomes, Alex, and we'll cover this in more depth in another, another episode, the only question becomes, do you wait? If, and do you decide this is the guy? Because then you're saying Bradley Beal's not the guy. And is, is this the guy that you're going to go after? Is he worth it? Is he healthy enough? And do you try to give up assets now? Or, you know, after the season, or do you just wait for 2021? So, you know, I'll give you 30 seconds to finish because we got to get out today. But that's, I think that's an episode we need to have um, soon. Yeah, I mean, I can't, it's, it's really honestly, it's a question. It's, it's good that they have the choice, right? Where essentially they've got three guys that, who might potentially be interested all at the same position and they might have the, the luxury of, of choice of waiting but yeah j michael's over here i'm looking at his twitter right now uh he said you know i'll save that for another time he's kind of replying to other people's tweets uh he he said to read between the line after he after he tweeted you know that the coaches and everybody else found out about oladipo's decision to not play and that it was his call they all found out at the same time i don't know it seems like that's the one that's building up the most so that me that might be the most prominent most relevant one in the near future and the other party looks like and the other That's part the of that, part to me. well, first, first again, relationship with Dwayne lives down here. Relationship with Jimmy, and and uh, with that, uh, what's the name of the the gym there? Oh, the oh, Dave, district. DMC. Yes, no, no, David Alexander's gym. Yes, that one. Yeah. So David Alexander's gym, and then also like the relationships with he's got the Tom Crane connection with Dwayne, uh, which is very strong, and he has the connection with with Jimmy, and I mean, there's all the photos of Jimmy and him hugging. Uh, and you know, and he's not playing in, he's, he's going with the Pacers, but he's not playing. And, you know, Nate McMillan said he found out not from, from Vic. So you start to add that stuff together and a very, uh, in my view, um, responsible beat writer who is insinuating this kind of stuff on social media, you know, this is where, you know, Pat starts rubbing his hands together. So I, I, I think there's something to it. We'll talk about it more. Again, want to thank Mark Jones for joining today. Alex and I will do uh, longer episodes here going forward. Thanks to Alf for being part of it today with me. Um, you break wheelfix.com. The name here on Five on the Floor is Duncan. And, of course, get your Biscayne Bay Brewing. By the way, Alex, today, in between these two parts that we recorded, I brought a six-pack to Alf because he lives close to He lives close where I had to pick up my daughter. Um, so he's already enjoyed the six-pack. So as soon as you move to Broward, um, I've, got, I, I've got a live, case. Man? I might need to you know, just make up a reason to go over there. It's fine. I'm here through Saturday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.